Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome and a happy new year to our regular listeners and those who are new to a serious radio live brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Right, today on Aetherius Radio Live, your host, Chrissy Blaze, will be joined by regular guest, Alison Lawrence, who's actually in Los Angeles and speaking from there now. She, together with Richard, are visiting the American headquarters of the Aetherius Society. Richard is involved in an important project relating to the biography, The King Who Came to Earth, which is why he cannot be on the show today. However, we, we've got a good start to 2023 with Chrissy and Alison, who will be discussing a topic so essential to us all in these days the spiritual energy crisis. So without further ado, I hand you over to Chrissy and Alison. Thank you, Nikki. Welcome, Alison. Thank you. Welcome to the yeah, show. Thank you very much. Welcome to I'm the show. pleased to be here. Yeah, welcome Can... to the USA. Yes, that's right. We only arrived a couple of days ago. So uh, anyway, here we are. <laughs> so we're raring to go. I know Alison and I are very keen on this this particular topic, the spiritual energy crisis. Dr. George King first termed, first coined this term, the spiritual energy crisis, in the 1960s before these crises that we're now experiencing were even really talked about in the public. He declared that if this crisis was solved, all the other crises would resolve. So today, Alison and I are going to begin right. by looking at the current state of our world as well as ways to solve these problems from the perspective of spiritual energy. So this is very interesting. But first of all, I think we have to mention uh, climate change or global warming. Uh, We're all aware of this. Whether we believe in this or not, and some people still don't believe in it, the facts speak loudly for themselves with dangerous uh, temperature increases, extreme weather-related events causing uh, so-called natural disasters, Uh, flooding, massive forest fires, extreme cold, hurricanes, and more. And, of course, um, wars. In October 2021, the United Nations warned that this was the greatest threat the world has ever faced. And as if this wasn't enough, we also see um, heartbreaking, you know, human tragedies around the world, starvation, disease waves, homelessness, hopelessness on a vast and seems to be increasing scale. And we see the enormous injustices often mainly affecting the very poorest and the people least able to cope. And yet, strangely enough, at the same time, we have a world of abundance. I read yesterday um, that in India, uh, 1% of the population earns over 40% of the wealth of the country. We have more billionaires on this planet than ever before, with China leading the way, the US coming in a close second. We have single individuals with so much money that in 2021, the United Nations told Elon Musk, the richest person on earth, 
uh, that his fortune alone could end world hunger. And in- incredibly, it's quite a small amount of money they came up with. They calculated it as only $6.6 billion. Well, it sounds a lot, but when you hear about all the money being spent on wars and so forth, it seems very, very little. And they believe that would uh, solve the hunger problem. Uh, so uh, apparently t- at this date, he still hasn't taken up that challenge. But anyway, where does this leave us? I suspect uh, that most people listening to the show are not either starving, hopefully, or billionaires, somewhere in the middle. And however difficult our lives may appear to be, and I'm sure they are at times, I say that we are fortunate because we are in this middle. And because even vast riches, like billionaires, it takes its toll. Money is power, and extreme wealth brings not only extreme power, but also extreme responsibility. But the good news is that people like us, can solve the massive crises now facing our world. And Alison and I are going to delve deeply into this and how we can solve it. Hopefully all in one hour. What do you think, Alison? <laughs> well, there's so much okay. to cover. Well, we'll, we'll try, I know. <laughs> try and get it we'll all see across. how it goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to begin by looking a little bit back into the past. As regular listeners know, over 600 transmissions of great wisdom were delivered through uh, Dr. George King during his mission by the Cosmic Masters. And these have always expressed tremendous concern for humanity, um, helping wherever, is, uh, wherever they can, allowable by the law of karma. But the 1950s were a particularly difficult period for the world. And many of these transmissions were delivered then. So Alison, um, can you please yes. explain why This was such a difficult time, and some of the transmissions, what they were given about during this time. Yes, certainly. Well, don't forget, the Aetherius Society was formed, really, in 1955, so it was truly in its infancy. And the 1950s, in particular, was a period of nuclear testing, and a lot of radioactivity was pouring into the atmosphere and the ionosphere, And scientists at that time weren't aware of the long-term effects of all of this and the damage it was doing to the fabric of our planet. And the cosmic masters told us that the absorption factor was very important in those days. You see, uh, an outpouring of spiritual energy in those days was very disjointed. The missions hadn't been developed. We didn't have a means of coordinating such an outpouring of energy. But every time a cosmic transmission was delivered, the absorption factor increased because of the power of the great interplanetary intelligence who was delivering it. And this power was radiated through Dr. George King as primary terrestrial mental channel who was in an Earth physical body and he anchored this energy, allowing the absorption factor to be raised. And the safety level indicated the amount of spiritual energy that needed to be manipulated by human beings in order to prevent our negative karma from causing a major calamity on Earth. I think those are the factors, in the, certainly in the 1950s. There are a couple of uh, short extracts of uh, transmissions. One was delivered by Mars Sector 6, entitled Magnetization of P- Period of Terror. And uh, Mars Sector 6 makes this statement. 
the measurement of the absorption of the magnetic energies offered to Terra during the magnetization period just ended was recorded in our system of measurement as 3.2274. This figure falls short by almost two units of the required safety level. And this was published in Cosmic Voice in 1958. And in another transmission, this time by the Master Sirius, in a transmission entitled Freedom, he made this statement. This, dear friends, is very important to the world as a whole. It is absolutely essential for, for terror that you have an absorption factor of at least five units during this next operation. Thank you, Alison. That's very, very interesting, isn't it? That we hear that it was essential that this factor that hum, you know, us humans knew nothing about had to be at least five units. And uh, interesting that you brought out the point, Alison, that uh, during transmissions, uh, it was raised by the, the, you know, the, the cosmic masters who delivered them. And I remember there was one transmission delivered by the Master Sirius entitled Appeal to the Women, given in two parts in 1958, when we heard afterwards that the absorption factor was raised to six. And Mars Sector 6 said, and I have the quote here, this rise has been brought about by the transmission by the mighty adept you choose to call Asterius. This may give you some little idea of the power of that one. Wow. <laughs> I know, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, well, I can certainly add something to that. Um, I mean, the Mars Sector 6 is definitely commenting on the power of the Master Asterius himself. But as I just said, it also reflects the power and advancement of our master, Dr. King, who was able to transmit this much power on behalf of the human race because he was in a human body. He had incarnated on earth amongst us. So he alone was really helping the absorption factor on the physical level. But there's another um, very important message because uh, as, you, as you mentioned, uh, this uh, uh, transmission was entitled Appeal to the Women. His, the Master of Sirius was saying that it's time that women took their rightful place in the scheme of things. And Mars Sector 6 defines woman as virtually the mother of this planet. And of course, our planet, planet Earth, is a female entity. And in the spiritual sense, it's the role of woman to be the preserver of harmony and balance. So one day, women will have their rightful place in the great scheme of things. This will happen, even though you wouldn't think so when you look at the way women are treated in certain parts of the world. Yes, absolutely. So, that was a very timely transmission. Maybe in the, sometime in the future, Alison, we might consider that, that, that two-part transmission as some, uh, an Ethereum radio live show. Yes, we could give. yes, I think it is. I think it's very important, actually, because we'll be putting out a certain energy, and you know, you and I, as a, representing the female part of the human race, I think that would be a good, uh, a good example, definitely. Yes, much needed, especially in certain countries, as you say. So thank you for that, Alison. Um, also, thank there you. were a number of very important uh, transmissions given around this time between about 1955 and 1958. 
And uh, these were often given about the um, actions of satellite number three. And regular listeners will know that we have thought about this extensively, of course, uh, about the action of this compassionate spacecraft, which is helping our world tremendously at certain times every year, called spiritual pushes. And Alice and I have a couple of, I think, three transmission extracts that we found that we'd like to uh, read and discuss on this topic. Perhaps you could kindly read the first couple of extracts, Alison, and um, I'll read the third one, and we can then discuss them as we go along. Thank you. Right. So this first one um, was delivered by the Master Sirius, and this is what he said. During the seven-week period, which began on Saturday, May 28, 1955, at midnight, all spiritual exercises will be greatly potentized. This will apply irrespective of class, color, creed, or religion. We advise all of you to cooperate and work hard at your spiritual exercises so that you may gain great benefit from the magnetic power with which we are flooding your dark little island. Later on, uh, Mars Sector 6 came in. And uh, this was on November 1956. And he said, many and many a time we repeat our pleas to earth, a plea which is based upon our knowledge of things as they now are and our perception things as they could be. Dear friends, do not ever underestimate your own essential part in the unity of things. You are more than just cogs in some vast machine. You are the living, breathing, conscious parts of that thing you call God. All men of earth, rise up this very moment and grasp to yourselves yourself the power. Demand it and it will be given to you if the gates of your heart are opened by the key of your faith. What a beautiful statement. Yeah, now, it's a great extract. Yes. I'd like to start by saying, of course, that the first spiritual push, and we commemorate this day, May the 28th, 1955, this was not actually performed by satellite number three, uh, which took over the role of radiating spiritual energies into the ethers. This great satellite under the command of Mars Sector 6 was a great manipulation allowed by karmic law to give humanity an opportunity to raise its spiritual vibration. And satellite number three first came into regular orbit on September the 18th. And the Master of Sirius has stated that it's our duty to spiritualize all mass. And what this great Martian satellite does is to enhance all spiritual activities, as we have just heard. Any, any unselfish act will be enhanced by a factor of 3,000. And it doesn't matter where anyone is from, what their religion is, if they're doing a spiritual compassionate act, they will be helped to that degree and it's a very potent karmic manipulation because we are cooperating directly with the greatest beings in this solar system and of course this is another another important factor which i really think we should mention and cooperating with this great satellite when it comes into orbit will help our world coordinate the forces of light and accelerate our evolution 
And our master refers to this as the thin white line. Because as I mentioned before, uh, when we're talking about the 1950s, there was no coordination at all. People, you know, there might be, a, a, you know, prayers in a church or a, a temple or a mosque, but they weren't coordinated. But this is all part of the plan, and satellite number three figures very greatly in this plan. It gives us tremendous hope, doesn't it, Alison? And uh, oh, this yeah. first spiritual push, um, thank you for clarifying that, but we do celebrate, of course, uh, May the 28th, 1950, as a tremendously significant date for our world. And one of the reasons I was just thinking we celebrate this date and all the spiritual push services that we hold, and there's something that really touches me when I hear this, and I know it does you too, we were told by Mars Sector 6 in a transmission delivered in 1989 that when a few are gathered together in our praise and appreciation, there is still hope for the planet Earth. I think it's so beautiful. So yes. we should never think, well, you know, we're the minority on this planet, the thin white line, as you say, Alison, because uh, it, it's always a few who actually change the world if you look back in history, right? And it, is, um, yes. it, it seems so sad, really, that tremendously advanced cosmic masters have to keep repeating, and you'll find throughout the transmissions, in a way, there is a sort of repeating of their pleas to humanity to rise up, which seem like falling on deaf ears, but it's, it's not. I know that people listening, this is a time for all of us to, to make this change, I think. And it's a change in perception uh, that is needed. I, I heard, I was thinking back to when I first started thinking about this show on New Year's Eve, um, I heard that the great yeah. footballer, Pelé, which who I liked actually, yeah. oh. was so, but he was so revered in Brazil that they held a three-day official mourning period that set up the, the statue of the Master Jesus in his honor. And I have nothing against him. I, I did like him. He was a very good man, apparently, and highly skilled athlete, obviously. But you look at the world, and what are our priorities, you know, that we have an official mourning for a footballer, you know, however good he is. Things need to change, don't you think, Alison, at this level? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's tragic that the only thing that seems to unite all people is football. People <laughs> on earth have the wrong priorities and think mainly about enjoyment, indulgence, with no thought for the consequences of their actions. But people have to learn that actions have consequences on many levels, as much as inaction does. That's something that people don't think about either. On the whole, yeah. well, people are selfish without caring too much about others who are less fortunate than themselves, with notable exceptions, of course, because there's a lot of charity work and there are a lot of good, well-meaning, kind-hearted volunteers who do want to help in you know, cases of flooding where there have been disasters. But of course, the bulk of humanity is they're just so self-absorbed and, of course, there are karmic repercussions, and these affect the whole of humanity. Exactly. Um, Alison, I, I, I'll read the third of these extracts about satellite number three now, shall I? And, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, we can contemplate on that. And this one was delivered in 1958 August, uh, I believe, uh, by the karmic Lord Mars Sector 6, entitled Our Action Here. 
On satellite number three, we receive energies directly from the mighty Logos of the mighty sun itself. We condition these energies in such a way as to make them safe and usable by terrestrial man. You have previously been informed that it is known to the operators of this satellite exactly how much energy you can absorb and transmit to your brothers. This factor is known exactly. In the light of this knowledge, we are able to beam down this power upon you as individuals, you as groups, you as parts of a community, you as essential parts of a city, of a country, of a world. We are able to do this in that exact degree which you use it. If you do not use it, then by law, the energy must be reflected, reflected back to the sun. Were we tra to transmit too much of this energy to you, resonance could be caused, which would do you some damage. So, Alison, I wonder if you'd like to um, explain to the listeners what's meant by resonance in this, in this case. Yes, certainly. Um, so, resonance occurs when energy radiated to areas of our planet are not absorbed by the targeted zone. You get a build-up of energy which could end up being dangerous if it is not absorbed. But in the case of satellite number three, unused energy is recalled and stored in a special location referred to as central control. Now, under normal circumstances, yes, if the source is the sun, it would go back to the sun. But satellite number three has a special operation. And one of the great and important missions our master designed is Operation Space Power. And when satellite number three is in orbit, energy is sent through specialized radionic equipment for three hours every day from different centers from five locations in our world. And he coordinated a mission with satellite number three, whereby this recycled energy that's the energy, I call it that, that hasn't been absorbed, mm -hmm. causing resonance. This could be called upon from central control where it's stored. And this is under the jurisdiction of a great Martian intelligence, referred to as Sector S2. And this is all part of our master's great legacy, that we can continue this, which is Operation Space Power 2, and use this energy as a great source in times of emergency, outside of a spiritual push. And this is not to be confused with the energy from satellite number three radiated to an individual, which would be relative to the energy level they are able to use. So the resonance factor, for instance, applies to all absent healing. It's all magic ritual because it obeys the laws of magic. If the energy does not reach its target or is repelled, it goes back to the sender. So uh, that's, uh, that's a very important thing to remember. You know, if, you, if you're sending energy, healing energy to someone who doesn't want it, you, it'll come back to you. So, uh, you know, be prepared. <laughs> that's what I can't say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Interesting that's the point. laws of magic. Thanks. Yes. Thank you, Alison. So that is how so, I would describe resonance. Excellent. Thank oh. you, Alison. Yeah, so we've, we've heard uh, in the show so far, we've heard how in the 1950s, the cosmic masters were very aware of the absorption factor. 
And then in the 1960s, our master uh, referred to the spiritual energy crisis, which I suppose you could say in a way this really is. Um, the cosmic masters were doing everything they could within the law to help. And then our master began his mission in earnest and began inventing cosmic missions to help solve this crisis, crisis very, in very powerful ways. And he said the real energy crisis which exists upon our world is the spiritual energy crisis. And if this was solved, all the other crises would cease to exist. And we've mentioned that. Yes, and we but, know yeah. um, that this, this really is the key. But the problem is, is, I think, that most people, as well as scientists, are only aware of the results of this lack of spiritual energy, which include, you know, war, lack of resources, pollution, disasters, poverty, starvation, all the things we mentioned earlier. And, but we know that the difference between the orthodox science and the meta-scientist is that the former, the orthodox scientist, studies and treats the effects, while the latter deals with the more important underlying causes. It may be hard for people to see the connection immediately, how spiritual energy can solve, you know, a real crisis that we see before us. We can put it this way, though. Spiritual energy raises consciousness. It's love. It raises our consciousness. It has to. If global yeah. <laughs> consciousness is risen by this power of love, humanity could no longer have wars. There wouldn't be any desire to have wars. Well, so I, I, yeah. Once we've learned from our, our masters, the physical energy is just the effect of the spiritual energy crisis. So we, want, we have to realize that fact and how we can help in uh, solving this crisis. Um, so do you, you agree, I know, Alison, that, that one really important thing, one fundamental message uh, of the spiritual energy crisis is something that's very important to, to spread and help people to understand that. I know we've, you've thought about it a lot, as I have, and uh, I wondered if you could explain, though, to people um, what is spiritual energy. <laughs> Let's start there, if you could. Yes, I certainly will. So I'll start here. All thought has an energy for better or for worse. And you only have to look at the state of the world to see how energy is used and what people put out unwittingly. Because thoughts remain in the ethers. They have a power that is used by karmic law, by the Devic kingdom, which in turn creates the weather conditions and all the other problems ensuing from that. So we have a responsibility to use this subtle energy correctly. And if we realize just what we are creating, and that it doesn't just disappear, you just think something and uh, most people think it's nothing. They would be absolutely shocked to realize just uh, what they are responsible for. And hopefully this would, it would uh, jog them to sort of change their whole outlook on life. You see, this energy works on an auric and etheric level, but it is just as physical and real as the world around us. Uh, thank you, Alison, for that explanation. Uh, now, actually, believe it or not, we're halfway through the show, and so let's have a break. And, yes, time flies. Um, let's hand back to our producer, Nikki, uh, to give further announcements. Thank you.
Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy and Alison. They are certainly uh, very in-depth insights to this vitally important topic. So, you are listening to a series radio live with host Chrissy Blaze and her guest Alison Lawrence discussing the spiritual energy crisis. Now, on Saturday, January 28th, centers of the Ethereum Society around the world will be holding services to celebrate the birth of our late founder president, Dr. George King, which took place in England on January the 23rd, 1919. For more details of these activities in your local area, please visit Ethereus.org. The next Ethereus Radio Live on February the 21st, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be resuming their truly amazing in-depth study of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven Part 3. Parts 1 and 2 were broadcast in August and October, respectively, last year, so if you wish to uh, listen to those podcasts, then please do. Now, I have been asked to give you early notice of an event due to take place at the Michigan branch of the Ethereum Society. On Friday, March the 3rd, a good date for your diary, please, at 7.30 p.m., a talk will be given by Gary and Chrissy Blaze on the subject being covered today, the spiritual energy crisis. So for further information about this activity, please visit ethereusmi.org or you can email them directly, ethereus at michigan.org. And uh, throughout uh, 2023, our regular services, both live stream and online, are continuing. So you are always warmly welcome to join in. And again, details of these are on ethereus.org. So that's it for now. And I'm very pleased to hand you back to Chrissy and Alison. One of the ways that all of us can help in this spiritual energy crisis is through using the great power of prayer. And most of our listeners, I'm sure virtually all of them, understand uh, this power of prayer and they use it. However, Alison, for our newer listeners and for everyone, really, it never hurts us to remind ourselves of the great miracle kit we have within us. Also, much of the world, most of the world probably, regards prayer more as like a communion with God. But Dr. George King brought this revolutionary idea through his teaching of dynamic prayer, that prayer is an outward moving force. And Alison, can you explain, I know you have a scientific way of thinking, the difference between uh, regular prayer and what our master termed dynamic prayer? Certainly. This is one of my favorite subjects. And I must start by saying that no one understands the science of prayer better than our master, Dr. George King. In orthodox religions, one regards prayer as inward looking with the hands clasped, looking down, and they sort of mumble in prayers in certain languages. They're quite sort of formulaic, which is fine. But dynamic prayer, named as such by Dr. King, is a means to become a channel for spiritual energy, which we can radiate out to the world as a whole, or to a specific target, such as victims of disasters. In fact, and I found this very interesting, Dr. King describes dynamic prayer as one-pointed prayer. Because you must remember that his background was yoga. 
And this is a very clever analogy to the concept of one-pointed thought as taught by Swami Vivekananda. The way to explain that is if you are able to concentrate on one thing without straying, then you are on the way to negating all thought. This is the, the yogic understanding. But it applies to dynamic prayer. If you focus the mind on one objective, you can become a powerful channel for spiritual energy. And of course, Dr. King has given many talks and addresses on prayer because he, he really understands it. Thank you. That's a very interesting point about the one-pointed prayer and the one-pointed thought, how it can negate all thoughts. So, and of course, when we use, um, you know, like the 12 blessings, for example, we're all thinking in the same way if I have that one pointed thought. Yeah. Like absolutely. I think there's um there was a quote you were going to uh talk to us about or read to us on that topic, right, Alison? Yes. Yes, this yes, so this is uh, Doctor King. Prayer does not belong to any religion, any one class or creed, but is a universal way which mankind seems to know about in order to invoke energy so that energy may be sent from point A, the prayer, to point B, the target. When this stupendous energy of prayer is directed in the right way, then great results can be brought about for the benefit of millions of people throughout the world. In the past, all religions have believed in prayer, but what they have not done is to go one step further forward and direct and discipline this prayer. So this is what he's talking about. And he goes on. Right. If he had, then the Roman Catholic Church could easily have stopped the last two great world wars. I would like to state that they did, they did not do so because they did not believe sufficiently in the power of their own prayer. They could not direct the power of their own prayer in the most potent manner. That, yes. That's <laughs> fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, um, Alison, having, I worked for seven years in the theological department of King's College London in the 70s. And I can sadly attest from my own experience that prayer was not taught or understood in this way as a way that we can use it to help others or our world by those people who are training for priesthood. And I worked with 300 of these. Um, they were all uh, men at the time. I'm not yeah. saying that their prayers weren't effective at all. I'm sure they were, or sincere or helpful, heartfelt, because these were very sincere, good people on the whole. I'm saying that the idea of directing and disciplining prayer would have been an alien concept to them, which is really sad. And oh, hopefully yeah. this is changing, uh, thanks to, um, and partly to Dr. King's teaching of his unique dynamic prayer, this outward moving force, as, as you say, Alison, this one-pointed prayer. And, you know, it could easily have stopped the last two great world wars. Well, oh, no, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. really. Incredible. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to read um, something now, a wonderful quote, actually, from a lecture by Dr. King, which I really love. This one's called Correct Prayer, Man's Greatest Power. And it's delivered July the 18th, 1971. And um, he, yes. he talked about how important it was, how important it was to, um, before I do this, let's talk about something else. Um, yes. 
the fact is we have this power uh, to pray which can change our world, which can, which can stop wars, but we have to be very careful with prayer because a number of people, and I've heard this, um, say they dislike the actions of, of Putin, for example, and they pray to that he's, uh, you know, his, his life is ended or whatever. This kind of thing happens throughout the world, I believe. People want other people to change their opinions. They feel they're moving in the wrong direction. And this can be a very dangerous thing. You mentioned earlier, Alison, that prayer is an act of magic. So anything you'd like to, to add to this? Well, most certainly. Um, How not to pray, I should say. Yes, <laughs> it's very important. Because if you're praying for the downfall of a particular individual, even to the best of reasons, it's an act of uh, grey magic. And uh, you could go further and you could say it's almost an act of black magic. So we have to thought, if we're going to do a, a personal prayer in a dynamic way, it's got to be formulated very carefully. You can ask, you can pray to God that this person will be lifted into the light, that their hearts will be opened up to compassion. There are ways that you can, you know, to help them advance and see the light of God within and the, the light of God within all people. But not to say, I'm going to bring down Putin, for example, as you said. And, yes, exactly. Uh, it, it, it is very important. And of course, you know, Dr. King, he gave this lecture, Correct Prayer, Man's Greatest Power. Uh, yes, in fact, he, I, I, shall I read this, this, oh, uh, this extract? Yes, yes. And he says this, prayer in itself is an act of magic. Yes. Warp it and we get evil magic. If you pray against any person, Anything, any system, anything, whether it be animate or inanimate to you, you are performing an evil, magical ritual. No argument about it, no doubt about it. You should pray for upliftment, for healing, for enlightenment, but never against anybody or system. If you do, then you bring a karmic repercussion upon yourself. Whosoever performs an evil, magical act, will receive the power back from that evil, magical act. Whosoever performs a good, magical act will receive the power back from that good, magical act. It's simple. It's straightforward. We needn't say any more words about it than that, really. It's the law. Action and reaction is opposite and equal. As you sow, so shall you reap. Not so may, so shall you reap. And there is a, a comment that I'd like to make and how, why magic works in this way. It's because we are all linked to one another. The whole human race is linked to every other, no matter what their religion, race or creed. So if we come together in dynamic prayer, we're helping all life on this planet to some degree. And if we're able to tackle the spiritual energy crisis, then we have to tackle it at its source, the lack of spiritual energy in the mind belt. Going back to that, back to that factor. And the more that people tune in to this concept and realization of oneness, as you said earlier, Chrissy, they'll think less about war and hate. 
And the practice of dynamic prayer is part of the strategy of the cosmic masters to infuse the mind built with spiritual light. And this is the way we can change the calm of our world and redress the balance towards more positive karma. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes um, that I like to to think about every now and then about prayer, actually, was uh, from, believe it or not, a Methodist uh, newsletter or a magazine from February 1974. Yes, yes. um, They they talked about a radio broadcast in that by a, a leading nuclear scientist. His name was Dr. N.J. Sowell. And he said, and I can't vouch for the scientific accuracy, but I do know we have this fantastic power. But he said, with a delicate instrument devised to measure the wavelengths of the brain, we recently checked the emanation from the brain of a woman near death. She was praying at the time. And we could tell that something about her was reaching towards God. The meter registered 500 positives. He said, this is 55 times the power registered by a 50 kilowatt broadcast station, a radio broadcast station, about the size of a commercial radio broadcast station, sending a message around the world. And uh, I mean, this gives you some small idea of the power that we have within us, doesn't it? It's incredible. Yeah. In fact, I, I read a survey uh, only in the last few days that it's good for people to have this sense of awe, uh, awe about divinity, because that really opens up their opens up their minds and their hearts, their whole consciousness. So you know, it's mm. really indicating that there's a greater power, that there is something greater within us and greater within the whole of creation. It's not just a sort of, you know, the physical manifestation that we see. There's much more to it than that. Absolutely. And, of course, we know in these days that prayer alone isn't, isn't the only solution. Uh, and prayer and service to others go hand in hand. Uh, service in one of a million ways is, is what's really needed. Alison, can you explain, though, how service to others and also uh, unleash this power, this, this spiritual energy within us and through us. Right. Well, I mean, what we do in the Assyrian Society, of course, is mainly centered around spiritual energy. But it, um, and we are also told that in times gone by, the thing to do was to retreat from the world and go into a cave and gain enlightenment. Well, that's no longer the case. Now we have to go out into the world, into the clutter, into all the dust and the cities and everyday life. And we, it, it's, a, it's a huge task to try and spiritualize this whole way of life that we have developed. And, uh, but it's going back to the source. If you put out enough spiritual energy, um, it, it will affect people because they'll draw upon this energy. And once again, Dr. King, he explained in Man's Mind, another great lecture that he gave, we, we have to sort of think outside the box. There's no such thing as an original thought. It's all there in the ethos. And what we're doing is we are attracting to ourselves 
certain types of mind substance. And he, you know, he talks about this as a, a pincushion. We are creating, we're putting a hole, we're creating a channel, which the yogis call the dhritis. And you keep drawing down a certain type of energy to yourself. And then repetitive thought is called a samskara, which then travels down this channel, which is the vritti. So people are used to thinking certain things. And I think we'll all agree that if you think about something a lot, it becomes easier and easier to think about it. But what you have to do is start to close off certain channels and create new ones so that something more inspiring, uh, more spiritual will start to come through. And then you will attract this to yourself. And that will have an effect on your mind and your body, your, the whole of your being. And of course, it that's goes a very back important to, point. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a fact uh, that when people, you know, spend a lot of time looking at social media, um, you know, I think they're they're attract they attract themselves more of this kind of conspiracy theories and so on, and it gets more and more sort of addictive, if you like. But if, if you can raise your mind, because there you're stimulating the, what we call, certainly in astrology, we call it the lower mind. And the right. higher mind is, is what you're talking about, the inspiration, the, the prayer, and so on. So it's much better if you feel you're in this kind of addicted by social media or whatever, to raise to um, the higher and reach the higher mind, as you say, Alison. And of course, the best way, one of the best ways we have available is the 12 blessings birth, and something birth, 12 we all can yes. join in <laughs> absolutely can, um, and certainly you can join in uh, with us we hold services virtually every day online www.12blessings.org so please do if you haven't already find out how you can join with these wonderful services so Alison can you explain why the 12 blessings is so important to use at this time Right. Well, for people who are new to this, uh, this program, the 12 blessings are a series of teachings delivered by the Master Jesus himself for the New Age. And he channeled these blessings through Dr. King. And then Dr. King developed a system using the headings and prayers, creating a ritual for dynamic prayer. And by reciting these in a dynamic fashion, you're concentrating on higher concepts with the focal point being on each blessing. And the Master Jesus starts with the, those who work for peace. And then he goes through all the essential parts of the lower, the lower part of our uh, evolution through to the planet, the Mother Earth being a living being, the sun, the galaxy, the lords of karma, and you've got a whole concept of creation. And by concentrating on these aspects, you're, you're putting aside all your, the mundane thoughts. Oh, dear, what then did I do the laundry? You're only thinking about these high concepts. And now you are developing the concept of one-pointed prayer. And you'll raise your vibrations. You'll open up the higher chakras. And this is a definite route to adeptship. And if you think about it, there are four aspects being drawn together in dynamic prayer. You've got the Raja Yoga, the visualization of white light while you are reciting the prayers. Then you've got Bhakti Yoga, which is the yoga of devotion, because you're sending your love energy 
to the focal point of each blessing, then Nani Yoga, the wisdom in the blessings, and of course Karma Yoga, which is the helping the world as a whole. So it, you, you, you know, that's another way of looking at it, and uh, it's a, it's it has an instant effect. As soon as you, I know I can speak for myself. As soon as I start to recite the twelve blessings. I feel uplifted. I feel like my aura is being cleansed. Suddenly I'm, I can see white light. I can feel it. And I become like, I feel as if I'm becoming a beacon for spiritual energy. And I, I think it's a much faster route in these days. And you're doing something really positive, something that's needed in our world today. Absolutely. So let's... Yes, so that, um, Let's, uh, if we haven't already, as I say, do join our services. At least try one out for yourself and see. We have people from countries around the world and who's joining in, forming this kind of circle of light in the ethers, if you like. And um, this power of the Master Jesus delivered through Dr. King is going out to the world and must, you know, raise this, help solve this spiritual energy crisis. So you, in that way, can be a very potent find a very potent solution to this crisis uh, in a very simple way. It only takes half an hour of your time, so <laughs> let's do it. It's absolutely worth it. It'll change your life forever, and you'll want to keep doing it. And the more you do it, the more you, you know, it'll start to live within you. And I can uh, speak from personal experience that I find that uh, I'm, almost saying, repeating these blessings in my sleep, in the sleep state. And I, then I wake up and I, I realize I've been reciting the 12 blessings. So, you know, you are, you, have, you are responsible for what you do in the sleep state as well. And that's something that Mars Sector 6 has said. It's a very important thing because you're programming your subconscious. So if you program it in a positive and spiritual way, this will reflect on, in your sleep state as well. Absolutely. So we are, what we're doing here is we're radiating this energy of love, this L-O-V-E, this spiritual energy, um, the ultimate way to solve the spiritual energy crisis. Um, but Alison, as we know, Dr. King was also an expert in not only prayer and many other things, but also in radionics, the science of the manipulation of subtle energies. And as a yoga master, he was very well equipped to find effective solutions to this crisis, and he did. But just as um, rice needs to be eaten to appease starvation, so do the solutions he found need to be used before they can take an effect. But being a very realistic person, he was. He stressed that this wouldn't happen overnight. One thing he did say, and this is a great quote, the energy crisis could be solved by an adept in seven days but the change required by mankind would not be made by mankind. I think that's such an interesting point. It's a key, really, yes. isn't it, Alison? Yes, yes, absolutely. I wondered if so, you might say a few words about radionics. Well, yes, I, yes. Well, I'll try and say it in a few words. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know um, you've got a lot of experience with that. Well, radionic apparatus is, is one of the main aspects of the world-saving missions of the Aetherius Society. 
In fact, the whole concept of this ancient science goes back to the days of Atlantis and even beyond that. And it's a scientific way to harness subtle spiritual energies. And the remnants of past civilizations, of course, you can see now the pyramids, and they certainly were not tombs. I think people are starting to realize that. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key factors to the success of the cosmic missions is Dr. King's association with satellite number three who, and other cosmic masters who are willing to cooperate with the Assyrian society. Now, for instance, yeah. in the, a great mission, Operation Sunbeam, he designed uh, equipment so that a token repayment to the Mother Earth could be made on behalf of humanity. And this, this is now becoming quite complex, but it's radionic apparatus, and this is done in cooperation with some beings from another solar system outside of our own and this energy is sent through specialized equipment and discharged into a psychic center of earth and the fact that there are people human beings who play a part in this mission is essential because in a way you could say the cosmic masters don't need us they could just beam the energy down wherever they wanted but there has to be the terrestrial anchor and before that, then I mentioned space power, uh, where three hours a day from five locations around our world, we have the spiritual energy radiators, whereby satellite number three radiates a beam of energy through this equipment, which was built, well, designed by our master and is operated by special initiates. And this goes out to the world. Uh, satellite number three now comes into regular orbit of our world four times a year. I mean, I can give the dates if you like so people can be reminded and then they can tune in. And I tell you, they'll feel the difference. When they start praying during the spiritual push, it's like a tap has been turned on and your whole aura will start to glow and buzz. Yes, so, absolutely, Alison. But do you know what? We've just got a few minutes left of the show. Oh, so I, I wanted to. Yeah, I want to Mike close by talking a little bit about Operation Prayer Power because this is a very, as you know, the 50th anniversary of Operation Prayer Power, and we're going to be celebrating the inauguration on the Holy Mountain Holston Down in North Devonshire in England, and yes, you definitely. and I and hopefully hundreds of other people are going to be there. So, Alison, perhaps you could um, begin by telling people about this, what's going to take place and how they can join in. Right. Well, just to say, Operation Prayer Power is uh, it's uh, uh, another radio, radionic apparatus designed by Dr. King, whereby spiritual energy generated by us as individuals can be stored and then released at a later date. And we have a whole ritual around this where we practice the 12 blessings to a, a mantra team that acts as a sort of backing team. And this energy is then directed in a concentrated way into the battery. And we this is performed all over the world in the centers of the Assyrian society. And then this energy can be discharged during a spiritual push through by satellite number three, where this energy is picked up. But of course, we've also 
performed specific discharges of spiritual energy. And this has been very important. And I mean, the first one which uh, was ever uh, discharged was the 21st of July, 1974. And this energy is measured in prayer hours. And we stopped a war with 542 prayer hours. Uh, and that is quite amazing. And over the years, we've performed other uh, individual discharges, like to Poland, where uh, Russia was on the uh, was on the brink, was going to invade Poland, but it didn't happen. Uh, then there's Mexico City. There was an earthquake. This was 1985, where there was an earthquake of 8.5 on the Richter scale, and 1,250 prayer hours of our energy was discharged on the 19th and between the 19th and 21st of September 1985 and then of course the fact that we perform this enables higher powers to cooperate with us we have the spiritual hierarchy of earth who then can discharge more hours then later on we had Hurricane Gilbert and this was going to cause a terrible disaster we're now moving on to 1988 and uh, this hurricane moved. This helped the Devic Kingdom, and it moved to an uninhabited, uninhabited zone and sizzled out with virtually no loss of life. Uh, well, thank you very much, Alison. We've helped the yeah, Ukraine. Very... Oh, yes. We oh. urge people to um, look at uh, the results of Operation Prep. I look at our website and find out more about this great mission and how you can cooperate. There are five centers in the world. And uh, perhaps um, at the end, when Nikki gives the announcement, she could tell us, Nikki, how people can find out more about the pilgrimage to celebrate the 50th anniversary on Holston Down. Um, because we Absolutely. Actually, we run out of time, Alison. Yes, oh, thank I you. Know. Uh, so I wondered if you might... Um, one thing I think we should remember is that we're in the midst of a great battle on this planet, and it's time yes. for all of us who care to join in this battle for our future and reassess it if we're already a part of it. And it is a battle fought with love. It's, it's what we are here yes, for. Absolutely. Spiritual warriors. <laughs> exactly. The spiritual warriors. Thank you. So, Alison, I wonder if you have any closing words? Yes. I, I'd like to say to all of you who are tuning in today, we have been given the spiritual tools we need to transform our world. We're cooperating with the great cosmic plan put forward by the cosmic masters themselves and Dr. King. But they can't do the journey for us. We have to pick up the baton, change our outlook on life as a whole, and realize that we have unlimited potential, not just for us as individuals, but we can help to change world karma for the better. And of course, Dr. King was looking beyond his lifetime and he has left us a superb legacy which we can continue into the future in cooperation with the cosmic masters themselves who in their compassion have agreed to help us. Thank you very much, Alison. Thank you for coming Thank on you. the show today. Thank and, you for um, inviting me. Fourth. So let's close the show now with handing back to our producer, Nikki Wood. Thank you very much. 
Well, thank you both, Chrissy and Alison. I mean, that was yet another excellent show and uh, brilliant, Re really. And I, I think uh, uh, there's certainly a lot for all of us to uh, take home and contemplate on. As already mentioned, the next series radio live on February 21st, Richard and Chrissy will be resuming their truly amazing in-depth study of Service Lisa Kundalini Heaven Part 3. So uh, please do tune into that. You can obviously listen to the podcast of part, Parts 1 and 2, which were broadcast in August and October last year. Uh, as in answer to Chrissy, the pilgrimage uh, for the celebrating the 50th anniversary of Operation Prayer Power is, is going to be an absolutely amazing event. And I'm very pleased to say that the details of it are on the homepage of Ethereus.org. So do go there. It's a lovely picture of uh, of a whole of pilgrims on top of uh, Holston Down and I tell you having been there with Chrissy and Alison myself it was absolutely brilliant 50 years ago my doesn't time fly um, so please please do come it's going to be brilliant I can't really say how much it's going to be absolutely fantastic and also if you want to find out more about the certain facts that have been mentioned on the show again please visit Ethereus.org. you can connect with your host Chrissy Blaze through her website, astrologycity.com, and Alison Lawrence through ethereus.org. We really do hope you enjoyed the show, and thank you so very much for listening, and we look forward very much to your company next month.